How many of y'all went out and you had a good time last night in various Halloween parties and gatherings and concerts and all this cool stuff? How many of y'all went out last night and had a good time in Corpus Christi? Come on, raise your hands. You heathens. I'm just joking with you. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing good today. Uh, Pastor Felix Trevino here. Uh, we are here at Impact City Church. We're doing something different today. Um, in fact, we do it different every fifth Sunday of the month. But every fifth Sunday of the month, we have what we call family worship. And you're like, well, that, why are the kids here today? Why are the kids here? This is why we do it. Every fifth Sunday of the month, we give our volunteers a much-needed break. And by the way, the, the volunteers in the Kids City Ministry are some of the hardest-working volunteers we have in the church. And so to give them all a break on the fifth Sunday of every month, whenever that falls, I think it's like two, three times a year, um, yeah, that's a good thing for them. And so it's also a good thing that we get the kids involved in the worship service, which is a, a great time to gather with your family. It's a great time to, to come together. So just, just hear me out right now. If you're one of those people who are like, oh, kids annoy me, you're going to get annoyed today. Okay, maybe I'll annoy you a little bit more from the stage, and, and I'll try not to do it so much, but this is a good thing. Welcome the kids to the service. You kids, just do your best. Try to be as good as you can. I'll try not to be as boring, and I'll try to preach as fast as I can. So parents, it's okay to make a little bit of noise. It's okay to get a little crazy. I understand that. It's not going to upset me. It's not going to move me across the room or anything like that. It's going to be fine, okay? So uh, you guys just hang, bear with me. It's going to be okay. We'll have a quick, quick sermon, okay? So um, today we're going to be continuing a kind of wrapping up a small series called Family Meeting. In the last three weeks, we got... And so the last week we got up close and personal and we talked about three things that we already do as Christians that really matter here in the church. And there's a lot of things that matter in the church. There's a lot of things that we do. There's so many things that we do outside the church, but I pinpointed three things that all of us do already that really, really matter. Like if I could go into the brick and mortar of the church Of course, the cornerstone would be Jesus, but upon Jesus, we would build upon him these things that really matter. The first thing we looked at last week, we said that your attendance really matters. The fact that you are here matters. Just the mere fact that you walked through the door and you came and you sat down and you participated in worship and you were here today matters so very much. And we said because it brings a sense of of encouragement to those who are here who come every Sunday and it brings energy into the room. Can you imagine walking into a church as big as this and seeing four people in the, in the, whole, the whole area right here? It would be so dead. It would be so, so much of a, a bummer. And if a guest was to walk in, they would be so deterred from coming and not feel welcomed because they would be just silent and dead in the so when you bring your presence here, you bring your attendance here, you bring a sense of energy into the room that cannot be matched. Not to mention, when there's more people here, God is here among us more and more. It says, when two or more are gathered, so shall be the Lord. So there's a lot of Lord up in this room. There's more of us in this here together as well. And so it also said that it is commanded by Scripture that your attendance matters. It's commanded in Scripture. We said that Scripture tells us not to neglect meeting together as some people are in the habit of doing that. Some people are in the habit of chasing 
the, the ways of the world more than they are chasing the ways of God. And we said that it is important to come and gather, not just in the homes, but in the temple as well. As the scripture says, that we gather both in the church on Sundays and we gather throughout the week in our homes. And we were missional and we were living together in community. That our attendance, our involvement matters. Then we went on to say that our service matters. That the way we love and serve the church matters here at Impact City Church. We said that every ounce of effort that we put forth is so vital to the growth of this church. Every ounce of effort. We said that not only that, but the way we serve, not the fact that we're serving, but the way we serve matters. The way we serve. Are we serving with a joyful heart? Are we serving with, with gladness? Are we serving with eagerness to do good? We also talked about that when we serve, we're not just serving someone else. We're not serving a stranger who walks in. We're not serving the building by smopping the floors and cleaning up. We're not serving just an organization. We are serving the, the lost guest, the person who might come into church. And it took them a lot to get up in the morning. And it took them a lot to drive across town. And it took them a lot to walk through that front door. And when they walk through that front door, they need to be greeted with a loving smile, greeted with someone who says, hello, my name is so-and-so. How are you doing? Welcome to church. Here is a welcome folder. I hope you're going to have a great time today. Let me introduce you to this person. I see you have kids. They're going to escort you to the kids area where they go and they meet the other person at the desk in the kids area. And now they've met three people within literally two, three minutes of walking into the door. And those three people have an opportunity to reach out to that person. You're not just serving a stranger. You're serving a a guest of the Lord in his house. Not just serving that, you're serving the children, the future of the church, the future of this world. You're helping raise disciples. You're not just hanging out with snot-nosed brats all day. You're actually building up the church there. No offense, kids. You're building up the church. You're, you're raising up these kids. And it's funny, and they say the weirdest things, but it's great, it's, it's good. But you're also serving the Lord as well. We said that our service is to the Lord. Work as if you're working for the Lord. Our service is also to the Lord. So when you serve, you're serving God as well. You're working for Him. We also went off with the argument that if you're not serving in any capacity here at church or in any church, do you actually love the church? Because when you love something, you serve it selfishly. That was, a, that was a real turning point. Then we, the last thing we talked about last week, the one that was kind of, kind of a little heavy, was your tithe really matters. Your tithe really matters. And this is one of those little hard to discuss because the culture of the world tells you that you should not give your money to the church. But Jesus and the Bible say otherwise. And we reminded each other about the importance of what it means when you give your money to the church. What does that do for you? And what does that do for the church? We said that any little bit that you give goes into the, the fund of, of raising up disciples, into furthering the kingdom, into continuing the ministry here at Impact City Church. And every church, if you're tithing to another church, whatever you're doing, whatever you're giving to, that is so very important. Now, last Sunday, I also said there were a few more things that I wanted to cover that really, really matter. I'm going to wrap those up today right before uh, we do the Lord's Supper real quick. And so if you're taking notes... Those are the top three. These are the next couple. Number four, if you're taking notes, your example matters. Your example matters here at Impact City Church. 
In the letter that Paul wrote to Titus, Paul urges him to become a living example to those around him. But what does it mean to actually live for the gospel? He writes this letter to Titus, and Titus was a, a really young guy. He was younger. He was a teenager, okay? He was a young kid, and he was in charge of a church. And Paul says, look, I know you're young, okay? I know you're young. I know you're going to make mistakes. I know you're not perfect. I know you're, you're growing up. But listen, if you would do this one thing, if you would just live according to the Scriptures, if you would live and be a living example of what does it mean to live for the gospel, then they will have nothing bad to say about you. They will have nothing wrong to say, and that will give them no ammunition to discredit you because of your age. You want to follow a good leader, don't just look at their age, look at how they live. And so Paul says this to Titus, and he says this, he says, show yourself in all respects. This is Titus 2, it's up on the screen behind me. To show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be content, condemned, so that any opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Other translations, it says, be an example of God's work. Be an example to those around you. It means that in front of everyone, at every moment, every day of your life, you need to live and be an example of what does it mean to be under the umbrella of grace and the gospel in your life. It means take these scriptures that we read. Take the gospel. Take what God gives us and hold it up to yourself and see if you reflect the image of God when you live out your life. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not perfect. I mean, I screw up a lot. That's okay. Do you have God's grace in your life? That is the image of God, God's forgiveness and grace to go through your life. But are you living that example out? Are you walking around saying, I know I'm not perfect, but I need to get better. I have an, I'm an example of what does it mean to have God's grace on my life. Are you walking around saying that this is what the Scripture says to do, and I'm going to make a stand for it no matter what happens in my life. I'm going to be an example. I'm going to do what the Scripture says I ought to do and not what the world says I feel like doing. Maybe asking yourself, so, so what is the importance of this here at the church, though? Because I see how that can be important to the world outside of the church, but what is the importance of that to here at Impact City Church? Why is that so important? Well, I'm glad you asked, okay? Because this is living as an example of what it means to be a living testament of the gospel is an encouragement to all of those in the church. It's an encouragement. There are many of us who are struggling with sin in our lives. And to just come to church and to find someone, an elder or someone who is, who is living out the gospel and see what that looks like on the other side of grace is such an encouragement to you. I remember growing up in church, me and Sarah were just, were just starting off and, and we would see these people in church that were, they just looked at it, they had it all together. And the more we got to know them, we figured out that they didn't have it all together, but they were pretty darn close. They mean fathers who ran their, their homes in a biblical standard, mothers who raised their kids with biblical principles, and their kids actually listened to them, and their kids did really good. And we were like, wow, I wish our kids did that every once in a while. And so we, we were like learning, and we were seeing how these people were living out the example of the gospel in their lives, and it was an encouragement to us. We came from a church that was of thousands, and we went to a church that was of only maybe about a hundred. 
I remember sitting there talking to the pastor and telling us how we didn't have much finances in the church. And he was like, but you know what? I see that homeless guy down there. I'm going to pay for him to get his, his identification card. We're going to give him a shower. We're taking him to Walmart. We're going to invest money into him. I was like, wow, how do you do that? Because we never did that of a church of thousands. We never did that. And here we are, a church of not even a hundred, and we're investing in people individually like that. That was an example of what it meant to live out the gospel. When we would go over to his home, and I found out that, that, that this one pastor I would follow so greatly, that he had adopted a teenage girl through the most troublesome times to get her through uh, high school and get her off to college. I remember that saying, wow, that is what it means to be a good person of the gospel. That is a living example. It's an encouragement. When you see people in the church that live out the gospel, it makes you want to live out the gospel. No one wants to be a lone ranger. And so when you feel like you're doing everything for the church and the church isn't participating, you get discouraged. But if I, I always say this. If I'm the one guy that wants to fight and there was one person that wants to fight along with me for the sake of the gospel, I'm in it to the death. Because you're encouraged to keep going. When your example makes a difference in someone else's life, it encourages you to keep going on living out for the gospel. But not only that, not only does it speak to the people around you, it also speaks to the children in front of you. Look at your kids right now. Take a look at your kids. Kids, look at your parents. Smile at them. I know you've been trying to avoid your kids all service long, but just look at them right now. Just take a look at them. These kids are the future of the church. These kids need us to be the role models for them, to look up to, to know what it's like to live out the gospel. Your children look up to you as the role model of what does it mean to be in the gospel. These kids need fathers who will step up and be the spiritual leader of their family to help them grow into disciples of Jesus. These kids need fathers to be that example in their lives. These kids in the church, they need mothers to show them what a Proverbs 31 woman looks like. To be a woman that is of high dignity, to be a woman that is of high respect and high regard. So when your daughter looks at you, she says, that's the type of woman I want to be. I know my worth and I will not settle for anything less. No matter how many times a guy tells me he loves me, no matter how many times he tries to sweep me off my feet, I know that I am a beloved daughter of the king. And I know that because my mother showed me the example of what does it mean to be a daughter of the king. That's what these kids need. So that your daughter will grow up knowing her worth. So that your son will grow up knowing what kind of righteous woman that he should enter into a marriage covenant with. The last thing you want to do is have your son bring home someone you're like, I don't know, son. I mean, she's kind of crazy. She kind of smells a little bit. I mean, I don't know. You know, you want him to be like, Mom, I have found the most amazing woman I have ever seen besides you, and I want to enter into a marriage covenant with her. I'm going to pursue her. I'm going to just pursue her and date her and be committed to her. And I know that she is the one because she lives as a Proverbs 31 woman should. She has set the example by her mother, and because you set the example of what I should be looking for, I am going to look out for a woman like that let me tell you something even if you don't have kids though kids still look at you I cannot tell you how my kids know all of the problems of all the singles in this church I mean straight up I mean they know what everyone's breakups they know everyone's drama they know the church drama they know all of that stuff and they know it because they keep their eyes open their feet going as they, 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 they look at things like that 
They know more than you think they do. They're smart. Kids are really smart. They see things. They, we're called transparent. They see right through us, okay? They see most of the things that we think they would, and they, they know things that we think that they wouldn't know which is all the more important that we set the example of how to live our lives in Jesus to everyone in the church. Single or not, children or not, whatever your case is, people are looking at you. Your coworkers are looking at you. And they're ready to jump on you, and they're ready to tear you down for doing something stupid at work, like dropping the F-bomb or whatever it is that you're going to do at work. Because you know it happens, especially if you're in the industry that's pretty intense. And they're waiting to judge you for saying stuff like that. But your example matters. What you say matters. What you do matters. Your example matters. How can we teach the generations of the future that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life if we live as if Jesus is only an option to live by? How can we teach them that Jesus is the only way when we ourselves have so many different ways to live? We have got to understand that our example matters. The way you pray with your family matters. That matters. Gather every night and pray. Pray before every meal, before every road trip. Pray a blessing that you make it there safe. Before every sports game, pray that it goes well, that you don't you know, knock out the other kid with the baseball. Pray that you know, every, before every test in school that God will just send, give you a sense of calmness and focus on that test. Pray every morning before you drop your kids off at school. Teach your kids by example of how to pray in every circumstance as Scripture commands so that when they get older and they have a bad day and they know what's going on, they revert not to the things of the world, but they revert to prayer. Pray with your family. Okay, worship as, with your family as well. The way you worship matters. Come to church. Bring your kids to church. Sing songs of praise to the Lord together with them and show them who your God is. When you're alone at night, sing praises to the Lord maybe before bed. When you're driving, listen to Christian music so that they know who God is. You wonder why your kids get so lost and misled. It's because maybe you misled them. I know God didn't mislead them. The way you give as your family as well, teach your kids to put Jesus first with all of their finances now at the early tender age. And when they get older, it will not be second nature. It won't be whatever nature is, first nature to him to give first to the Lord. It's not an uncommon thing for them to do that. So many of us struggle with giving to the Lord, but I give praise and thanks to those who raise their kids up that that is the first thing they think about when they get a job. It's not even second. It's not, it's, not even, it's not even a second thought. They know what to do because it's been instilled in them from the early ages. And parents, now is the time to raise our kids up right. Not tomorrow, not next year when they get older. Now, whatever age there are, now is the time to start raising your kids right. We do these things more and more. And if you do these things, you will watch how God would do a mighty work in the life of your children. Your kids are the future of the church tomorrow, and we have got to protect that future. Let me tell you, church, the church of tomorrow, the church that we will leave our children with, will face more persecution than we have ever imagined. So you better make darn sure that you raise followers of Jesus and not fans of Jesus. Your example matters, and finally, number five, your commitment matters. Your commitment matters. You know, I talked about the church of tomorrow not having it easy. Um, well, Impact City Church, it's starting now. 
It's already starting in the world around us. Today, we live in a day where more and more people are leaving the church. More and more people are leaving the church. Just this past Sunday, we went to the Corpus Christi Baptist Association annual celebration, and there, uh, um, uh, Anson Nash, the, the association director, spoke, and he said that just up today, he said, I just looked up the facts today, he said that just today, this morning, it was a Sunday, 60,000 people in Corpus Christi did not go to church. 60,000 people, let that sink into you, 60,000 people in Corpus Christi did not go to church or have no affiliation with any church body at all. 60,000. In Pack City, if we're going to reach those people, we have got to be committed. We have got to be committed to the church. Because for every one of you that's in this room here today, there was over 700 people who did not come to church for every one person who did. If every one of you had the job to reach 700 people, could you be as committed to the church to do that? 700 people for every one of you in this room today. That is an astronomical number. That is a number that is above us. It means that it's going to take every single one of us here and even more to make an impact in Corpus Christi, Texas. 60,000. Being committed really is just a summary of all these other things that matter in the church. Being committed just means that you're going to do all the things that we talked about last week. You're going to do what we talked about earlier today. And you're going to do even more than, than that. And you're going to continue to be committed to the church. But just how committed are you? And really, how committed do we have to be to the church? How committed do we really have to be? Well, the word Christian means to be like Christ. We all can agree to that, right? And the word disciple means to follow Christ. So I think it's safe to say that to be that we need to be as committed to the church as Christ was. If we were to be like Christ, if we were to follow Christ, we need to do the things of Christ. So we're going to be as committed to the church as Christ was. And the last I checked, Ephesians 5.25, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Ephesians 5.25, it says that we ought to love the church and love our wives as Christ loved the church. And that's pretty awesome, right? I mean, Christ loved the church. We know that he loved it, but that's to what extent? That's pretty cool. And then the very end of that scripture says, and he gave himself up for her. Basically, Christ was so committed to the church that he died for the church in order to be able to cleanse the church and to sanctify her, the scripture says. Jesus died for the church so that the church could have everlasting life. That's the kind of commitment that we need here as the body of Christ. I'm not saying you got to go off there and Put your life on the line and die for the church. But I think about Wayne and Tammy Andrews who are over in Kenya right now. And I talked to them this past week. And they're going to Lamu, which is a a city that is 99% Muslim. And they're going to spend two weeks there going door to door preaching the gospel in Lamu. We need to be praying for the Andrews family. They are literally putting their lives on the line for the sake of the church. And many of us can't even show up to church on time. That's the type of commitment level I'm talking about. We have got to be committed to the church. Every little thing that you do that's committed to the church now matters. Your commitment matters. I think it's funny because the problem with that, the thing that fights against our commitment is our pride. And I'll get people to come up to the church and, and they'll be like, man, pastor, there's, 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 they're upset with someone, they're upset with a family in the church because they're not as perfect Maybe they, they, they don't come in on time. Maybe they don't serve in any area of the church. 
and they get frustrated with that family and say, that family hadn't been here in weeks. We don't even need that family. What are they doing here? And then they, they're not as committed. And I'm thinking, really? You're saying that that family's not committed? Maybe you're the one that's not committed. Because if you were committed, you would reach out to that family. If you were committed, you would love that family. If you were committed, you would suck up the pride and do something for that family to help raise them up in the gospel and have patience with them. Our commitment matters. Our commitment matters to one another. Look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, starting here in verse 1, Paul talks about the unity in the body. And we can see that level of commitment as we read Ephesians 1-4. through 4. Let me get there myself. Paul says this. He says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called, with all humility and all gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit of the the spirit in the bond of peace. There was one body and there was one spirit, just as you were called to the one, the hope that belongs to your call, the Lord, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over and through all in all. Paul is saying that we're to be as committed to one another in the church in humility. We're to be committed in humility, in gentleness as well, that we're to be committed with patience in love, and with an eagerness to do all these things. That's the type of commitment that the church needs. People who are willing to love with humility, with gentleness, with patience, in love. Church, we are one body. One body. We're connected by the Lord with faith in one baptism under one God. Let us remember what matters. Let us remember what really matters and let us continue to grow and do these things in our life, to see the church grow and reach the lost, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, to raise up the church of tomorrow and to see them become the men and women that God has created them to be, to be committed to one another in love and patience, enduring in all things and long-suffering. These things matter in the church. Let us just continue to do those things. Amen? All right, let's pray. And we'll do the Lord's Supper. Let me just say this, that uh, the series kind of came about. We weren't going to do it two weeks ago, and God kind of spoke to me. He said, you need to interject. Let me interject here into your preaching plan and and talk about this. And I don't know what it is that that you might be dealing with this, this week, today, whatever it is that you're struggling with. Maybe you're struggling with attendance, and that's something that you, that you really thought you were doing good, and then life kind of got crazy. School started back up, and everything just got wild. Well, maybe you need to pray for God to help you with that. Pray that God will help you kind of clear up your schedule, that God will help you make that, make, help, help make Him first in your life. Maybe you're struggling with serving. And serving is something that is not maybe your forte, and you're like, I don't know how to serve. Maybe you're feeling disconnected. I guarantee you it's probably because you're not serving somewhere. When we serve, we're connected to the body in a way that's personal. We grow with each other. If you feel disconnected from the church, maybe you need to be serving. Maybe you're struggling with tithing. Like, Pastor, times are hard. I get it. Everyone's suffering right now. But maybe you need to say that instead of complaining about the suffering and hoarding that to yourself, 
Maybe you shouldn't be asking God, how much can I give? Maybe you should change the question to, how much can I keep? How much should I keep? In light of the gospel, in light of what Jesus has done for me, does that really equate to what I am holding back? Or should I give Him more? Maybe you're struggling with your example. Pastor, you don't know how many times I've blown up at these kids today. You don't understand how many times I've yelled at them. You don't understand how many times I've degraded them by calling them stupid or dumb or you idiot. I got got pretty real. Maybe you need to look at yourself and say, am I a living example of the gospel to these children in front of me? Am I a living example of the gospel to my coworkers? I claim to be a Christian. They know I'm a Christian. I stand for Christian values. But do you live for Christian values? Your example matters. And maybe you need to pray about your commitment to the church. Pastor, I I just got to get behind this 100% or not get behind it at all. Maybe you got to pray about your commitment to the church. Whatever it is, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We all just bow our heads. Father God, we are so thankful for the cross. To give us the opportunity to give you our very best. Because you gave us your very best on the cross at Calvary. Lord, thank you for dying for our sins and thank you for dying to give us everlasting life. Pray, Lord, that you would just continue to give us that. As we seek you out, continue to pursue us with love and grace, Lord, to, to long suffer with us. Thank you, Lord, for the cross here today. And Lord, I just thank you for this church. Pray that you would continue to do a mighty work in our hearts. Continue to do a mighty work in the people of Impact City Church. Continue to make this church a church that is able to make an impact across Corpus Christi, Texas, for the sake of the gospel and for the name of Jesus Christ to be known famous throughout the city streets and throughout the areas of our government, throughout the areas of our community. Make the name of Jesus famous today. Continue to grow in us. God, thank you so much for what you've done. We love you. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.